think I think we're good. Yeah. I'm comparing our wavelengths. Our wavelengths? Yeah. Waves. I don't know why I'm talking like a whale. Your, your mouth got <laughs> really big. <laughs> I'm Joshua. And I'm Brittany. And we're two librarians who talk about sci-fi and fantasy and a little bit of everything else. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Sorry if I'm a little flummy. I just had some tempura. It was delicious. Gene brought tempura squash. He had some fuzu squash. It is a squash that looks like a pumpkin. I know a pumpkin is a squash, but it looks like a a cartoon pumpkin. It does. But it's purple. (laughs) Right? Is it? Is it purple? He said it was black, but it didn't look black to me either. I didn't looked, see him. It looked orange, like a pumpkin. <laughs> At least the inside of it did. Yes, yes. It was delicious, too. Yeah. He made some nice uh, dipping sauce with some sesame seeds and some spices that I really appreciated. Actually, can we do a quick library plug of oh, why we're even talking about this? Yeah. At the library, we have a community fridge now. <gasps> community fridge! Yes. It's our coworker Paul's baby. Um, he's one who made it happen mm-hmm. so basically it's a fridge that gets filled with fresh produce yep. fruits veggies. every week every week it's for anybody i've taken veggies from mm-hmm. there and you can come in we ask you a couple questions and then you take literally whatever you want and we just have to weigh it before you go right and the, the kind of questions we ask are just like your name your address or zip code whichever mm-hmm. you're comfortable with yep and people in your household yep how many people are in your household uh, this is not information that we're going to use in any way it's just good to know well we'll keep stats yeah of that, like how that, much produce is going that's what out. i mean it's, yeah. it's just it's statistics for us yeah just yeah. to keep track we of like suck. how much food is going out and how much we're buying exactly how exactly. many people are using it so yeah, yeah like Brittany said it's all free it's open to anyone in the community mm-hmm. so if you like pop by the library and you're like you know what i see some oranges you can just say hey librarians can you give me some oranges yeah we're like yes because yes, typically it's locked yeah. So we, we have to come unlock it for you. Yeah. Well, again, that's like content c- control. We don't yeah. want anyone like coming in and sticking things into the fridge that we yeah. don't know what they are. Yeah. So that's why. Yep. 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 yep, yep. <laughs> to keep you safe. Yes. <laughs> so that's our quick library plug. Yeah. Because so. that's where Gene got the fuzu squash from. Because And um, the broccoli too, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gene got food from the community fridge and then he fed us and then he fed us <laughs> it was great it was really nice so what are we talking about today Brittany? we're doing an episode we did last year mm-hmm. where there are upcoming books in the new year that we are interested in yeah. but have not read yet therefore this is a short episode today because there's not like a ton to talk about within the mm. books because we haven't read them yet but yeah. they sound really interesting yeah well, i mean we'll talk about a little bit about the authors because mm-hmm. some of them are new we haven't featured them on the show before yeah and we're going to give you a nice little blurb about what the book's about. Also, we might describe the covers because the covers are pretty. Oh, my God. 2023 is going to be the year of book covers. I'm telling you right now. I don't know who in the publishing industry is like, let's up our cover game. But they are upped. And I am here for it because I love artwork. I remember Joshua is the artiste. <laughs> he could sneak into an yes. art history party. Remember? Oh, my gosh. The way to my heart is with pretty pictures. Yes. <laughs> Do you know who's going first today? Uh, shall I go first? Sure. Because I think you went first for robots. Probably. So I'll go first. All right. My top pick for 2023 that I'm most excited about is Adventures of Amina Al-Sifari by S.A. Chakraborty. You no. might have heard of her. She, like that last name's ringing a bell. Chakraborty, yeah. yeah. Um, she has published 
a trilogy, the Devabad trilogy. Mm-hmm. The first one is The City of Brass. Got it. Yep. Yes. Okay. I might feature that in an upcoming episode. I don't know yet. Okay. Did you know she never thought she'd become a published author? I think a lot of authors feel that way. A lot of authors feel that way. Yeah. And yeah, even though she is published, she's like, I don't know how I do it. I, I don't know why I'm here. But I'm here. <laughs> I made it. Yeah. She says, even though you're published, even though I've published a trilogy, I still have, what's that called? Um, imposters syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. So she still feels that. Quick tangent. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I think it was on NPR. There was a lady who she had a book signing and she was a fantasy writer. I heard this. You heard this. Yeah. She had a book signing. Only two people showed up. Mm. And so she posted on Twitter. She meant to like take it down, but she was like, she was just having a moment. She yeah. was all like, I, all do. I don't feel very good about myself today. And a bunch of like published big authors came and like commented on it, be like, hey, guess what? Me too. Yeah. Including like Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett, because guess <laughs> Jody what? Jody Picoult. Exactly. Even Stephen King, I think. Really? Yeah. And these names are like household. Yeah. <laughs> everybody knows They're them. They're like, we've been there. <laughs> but yeah, everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. So don't be disheartened. Don't be disheartened. We all got to start somewhere. Wherever, whatever your career path is, even if you're not a writer or an artist. We all got to start somewhere. Like I'm trying to write a book right now and it's hard. Girl, <laughs> I, I, I said this before. It's probably one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. To make yourself sit down and write is mm-hmm. hard. Because you're fighting yourself too. Yeah. I'm mm. like, mm, let me go clean it's my house hard. instead. It's like, no. But you can do it, Brittany. Ah, uh, one you day. You can do it. You can when do it. When it happens, I'll let you know. Okay. But Ms. <laughs> Chakraborty has some writing advice for you. Do you mind if I read it real fast? Yeah. Okay. So she says, write what you want to write. If you have ideas and stories burning in your brain, write them down because you deserve to have a creative outlet in your life, regardless if it goes anywhere or pays any bills. Just write it. That's so nice. Yeah. And if it does one day, well, great. If it doesn't, every sentence you craft is practice that makes you better. Trust me, I know. I agonized over whether or not writing was selfish when my daughter was a baby. She was pregnant when she wrote Devabad. But you, you get to do this. It, Thank you. It, it feels good for me because I, I do like to do graphic art. Mm-hmm. But I also like, what am I doing with this? We're products of a result-focused society. Like You have yeah. to be doing this for a reason, yeah. which is stupid because you don't. You can you, do it for joy. Exactly. Just do it because it makes you feel good. Do it because it doesn't make you crazy. <laughs> do it for your mental health. Exactly. You can do it just to do it, and yeah. it's totally fine. Yeah. Don't feel ashamed doing stuff for yourself. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> if so, she listens to this, thank you so much. That feels so good to hear. Yes. Yes. It's so good. Thank you, Shannon. Her name's Shannon. Okay. <laughs> so, Amina. Amina, what's your feeling on pirates? Out of the blue. Pirates. It's a, they're okay. They're okay? They're okay. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely make stories interesting. They do. They, they do. also kind of cause me stress because sometimes they do really rude things. They do. Well, their lifestyle is mostly about pillaging and taking other people's stuff. And sometimes torturing people by yeah. throwing them over the side of the boat and then dragging them under the boat where they get all cut up by the mollusk and the things that are stuck on the boat. That's oddly specific. <laughs> what is that called? There's a name for that. It's not lambasting. It's something... There's like a name for it. I don't remember what it is. Ah, uh-huh, okay. That's that's a job for us in the reference department. <laughs> we'll find out. I like read a story where that was like the punishment. That's amazing. And most people would die from it, but not always. Oh, God. Pirates and their punishments are hardcore. Hardcore. I think that's why sometimes they stress me out. <laughs> <laughs> Good, to know. Good to know. Well, Amina Al-Sifari is Indian Ocean's most notorious pirate. Uh, she is a pirate queen, as you'd say. Good for her. Uh, yes, really. Um, but she's now retired. 
and she retired because she wants to enjoy her golden years, spend yeah. some time with family. You know, you, you can't spend your whole life seizing merchant, ship, uh, merchant ships and dragging people through the water. So mollusks get them. <laughs> Literally, they drag them under the boat. So they like scrape against the bottom of the That's boat. That's horrible. It's bad. It's horrible. I'll find that term. Okay. <laughs> uh, so no more swashbuckling, no more daring raids, and no more demon hunting. Demon hunting? Yeah, demon hunting. Okay, that just got 10 times more interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the quiet family life has to put put on hold when new adventure comes calling. Opportunity knocks once. That's it. <laughs> a supremely wealthy relative of an ex-crewmate has promised a king's ransom to retrieve a missing girl. And Amina says, okay, I need a king's ransom. Having a little extra money around is certainly going to help the... Uh, I bet she's bored. The reti- I think so, too. I bet she's bored. I bet she's bored. <laughs> so she gets the old crew together, and she sets sail. Let's go, fools. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> what was supposed to be one last pretty mundane adventure for her, it turns out it might be her very last, because there are always risks in wanting to become a legend. Always. Sometimes you have to sell your soul. Ooh. Yeah, so I have to say, if a fantasy story has pirates in it, I'm immediately sold. Because pirates are going to do some crazy stuff, and I want to be there for it. Plus, also, this is like a retired lady. Yeah. How often do we get stories where it's like a, a woman who is retiring and then coming out of retirement? Yeah, that's cool. It's usually like a grizzled old dude. Who's like, oh, I'm gonna hang up my sword. And then somebody In that says, voice. Yeah. And then somebody <laughs> says, No, you have to save me. And then he's like, Okay, I'll do it this one last time. And usually they are ushering like the new generation. Yes, yes. And so I appreciate this perspective. It gives a fresh view on this kind of trope. Mm -hmm. And based on what I know of Amina, I'm kind of interested in her. I think she's going to be a fun character to sail on a ship with. I'm here for it. And can I just say this artwork is phenomenal. Pass it over, pass it over. Can you tell me what it looks like? It's like we're so far away. We're really stretching. Can you tell me what it looks like? What do you see? The Adventures of Amina Al... How do you say... Sifari. It's not, it's not Seraphi. Oh, maybe it's Seraphi. Oh my God, I'm the worst. <laughs> no, Seraphi. I think we Seraphi. mixed up the, the R and the F. I think you're right. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, so it's mostly blues. I would say the bottom of the page. Oh, hmm. what's that painting of, I think it's just called The Wave. Is it The Wave? Oh, the um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh, it, it starts with a U. Uh, it's Yukioi uh, is the type of painting. It's called the, it's all, also known in Japanese as the floating world. Um, I can't remember the artist at the moment, but yes. How dare you? I know. I'm struggling over here. Be like the one with the wave. <laughs> and you're, you feel bad because you can't remember. No, because there's the Mount Fuji in the background. And yeah. then there's some guys who are like bracing to, to go into the wave. They're like, hang on with your butt cheeks. <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing. And that's what they're doing. And there's a big old wave above them. So that picture reminds me of the waves in here like on a smaller scale it's that kind of wave action happening and then in the water you can see like a kraken sort of thing happening and it's going after a boat it's so epic it's cool it's so epic it's really cool i mean a a kraken are you kidding me oh i can't wait i can't wait a little note about that artist before i finish is that that artist was also featured in uh the prior of the orange tree uh, oh, it's okay. the same similar style. Yep. Um, I love this artist. I am sorry I did not I did not have the foresight to reach this research this person. That's okay. We but, can always include it in the notes. Yeah, yeah. But um, this person is a, a fantastic artist. It's cool. 
There is a book we have full of monster short stories, and there's one where a girl, she can summon krakens. And it's oh a great story. Gosh. If I find out what it is, I will post okay, it. Okay, please do, because I... I'm, I have never I'm forgotten so that for story. Krakens. I've never forgotten it. And she, like, <laughs> uses her powers to, like, take down some bad people. With a kraken? With some krakens. That is sweet. She can, like, hear the krakens as she sleeps at night. Yes. She's like, I can hear them I wonder out what the they ocean. sound like. Do they sound like meow, meow? I think... <laughs> Do Krakens sound like kittens? <laughs> yeah. No, I think they're like calling for her. Ooh. I will go find that short story. Uh, yes, you, it's you great. should. <laughs> so, All right. Anyhow. That's my that's my book that I'm excited for. Okay. 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 <laughs> that's good. Who does that? It's um, the Kardashians? No. Cardi B? Cardi B. That's yes. Okay. <laughs> What'd she say? She's like, it's like a it's like a pigeon. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Sorry, I don't need to talk about Cardi. I need to talk about my book. (laughs) Okay, so the book I am interested in is called The Salt Grows Heavy. It's by Cassandra Kaw. You always have such poetic sounding titles. You always pick ones with poetic sounding titles. (laughs) You try really hard. (laughs) And her last name is spelled K-H-A-W. Yeah, she's written written a few books, hasn't she? The one I heard about previously was Nothing But Black and Teeth. Mm. Michaela read it and she recommended it, but I haven't read any of her works yet. Okay. I think Nothing But Black and Teeth might be on Hoopla. Okay, I think you're right. I hope. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a liar now. We like telling stories, so. (laughs) Whoops. Okay, so I have a blurb about Cassandra. I found this on bookseriesinorder.com, which is not a website I'm familiar with at all, so please take this with a grain of salt. This was the website that had like the most about her. So I'm like, I'm going to copy paste and hope it's right. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Cassandra, if this is wrong, please let me know. (laughs) She will. (laughs) That's all lies. Okay. So born in Malaysia, Cassandra Kaw is a former Ubisoft Montreal script writer and award winning game writer. Amazing. Isn't that cool? She made her name when she published the Locus and British fantasy award winning novel Hammers on Bone. As a child, reading was one of her favorite activities, and she would spend much of her time reading while her parents worked. Once her parents realized she was a lover of books, they buried her in fairy tales and the occasional science books. Cool. She used to have constant, very vivid nightmares almost every night of childhood and young adulthood, which she sometimes relives in her novels. As a child, she used to wake up in a cold sweat and scream her lungs out and caught herself several times trying to run out the door of her room. Oh, she used to get night terrors then. Yes. Oh. Yes. Writing horror allows her to deal with what happened to her in her childhood. Good job. When she writes, she feels like she's dragging pieces and bits of those dark images into the light where they cannot hurt her. I like that. She thus writes it to bring herself into a place of peace and quiet. I love it. A good chilling read. Yeah. Mm. So I thought that was interesting mm. about her. If, so, it's, if it's true. That's great. That's <laughs> I, think, great. I think it is. <laughs> so the book, The Salt Grows Heavy by Cassandra Kaw. I feel bad because I'm like reading summaries, but I'll just say it immediately drew my attention because it had a plague doctor and a mermaid on the front oh, cover. Oh, you showed me this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So let me read the summary and then let's take a look at the cover because it's really weird. Okay. <laughs> summary. After murdering her husband and burning his his kingdom to cinders, a mermaid joins a strange doctor on a journey through the eerie, it looks like taiga, mm-hmm. T-A-I-G-A. I think you're right. It's a ecosystem. What? Yeah, it's like not really tundra, not really Pacific Northwest temperate. It's like at the in-between. I love life science. How do I not know about taigas? <laughs> <laughs> I just know because I like the name. It's so pretty. Taiga. He's a taiga. That's what I... <laughs> it's a taiga. I'm a taiga hunter. 
<laughs> that was so terrible. I'm here for it. <sighs> Deep in the woods, the pair stumble upon a village full of seemingly ageless children and the three surgeons who oversee them, called only the saints. After discovering the villagers' taste for a sinister blood sport, the mermaid and her companion must embrace the darkest parts of their true nature if they hope to survive. Isn't that weird? It's so great. I'm like, mermaids, plague doctors, ageless children, blood sports. <laughs> Burning kingdoms, murdering yeah. husbands. Yeah, yeah. She burns the kingdom and then has to find the darkest part of herself. I'm like, how much darker can we go? It's interesting because it's like, there's like a, not really a genre, but a, a trope in certain horror books is like, you have like a criminal. Yeah. And they're in their escape. But they kind of like encounter like a town or or a circumstance so they have to survive basically yeah i'm thinking like um from dusk till dawn or something like that you'd hate that movie so don't worry about it isn't it vampires yeah yeah so but but they're like they're horrible people who did some crime and then they go to like this vampire bar in mexico Hmm. slash strip club and then the vampires proceed to eat everybody is that and how they it have ends? to survive. No, they have to survive. Do they survive? Uh, one does. Okay. George Clooney survives. Of course he does. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Selma Hayek plays a, a hot vampire who's Ooh. also really good. Like character-wise? Like she's character, a good person? No, she's, oh. a, she's a vampire who wants to eat people. <laughs> does that make her bad or does, it, does that just make her like, I need to eat to survive? That's right. I mean, she's no different from the rest of us. She'll just eat your face. That's all. <laughs> She's got the rumblies in her tummies. <laughs> okay, let's look at the cover really quick. <gasps> the salt <gasps> grows heavy. Look at that. I, love I don't it. even know how to describe it. Joshua, okay. describe it. So it looks like, are you guys familiar with Art Deco design? I'm asking the audience. Sure. <laughs> Art Deco is a style that really relies on geometric shapes. And in this case, the cover is bisected. There's like a strong blood red uh, that represents the sky. And then <laughs> there's like the part that's like really austere black. Uh, it looks like, I'm not really sure what it is. It looks like it's part of a building. Let me see. I don't know. It's like heads and stuff. She's like it, stacking it heads. It literally looks like a geometric pile of skulls. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there's a geometric pile of skulls on your right-hand side. And in the middle are two figures. Uh, they're rectangular shape. They're very angular. There's the plague doctor with his plague mask. And he's got the little... Tap tap cane, and then, <laughs> and then there's a mermaid with a full mermaid tail, which you almost don't realize it's a mermaid until you look because you can see her vertebrae, yeah, and it's going all the, all way, the way down, down. And, and you realize it goes into a fin, yeah, it's kind of snaky, and you can like, see the fin at the end, yeah. Uh, she's got long hair, and she's got a really like Jack Skellington face. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's such a provoking provocative picture i love it it's very striking mm-hmm. i saw that cover i was like whoa yeah, that red is intense it is very evocative of blood <laughs> i love that she's just piling skulls uh-huh. she's like <laughs> building my house i'm talking to white skull <laughs> it's a cool cover it's great you and i we're gonna do some quick honorable mentions yeah because there was a few friends of ours <laughs> I say that because every author who's featured on the show is our friend by right. Even if they don't want to be. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You're a friend now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to briefly mention a couple of big name authors who are publishing this year. Yes. Yes. And we're so excited. Do you want me to go first? I think so. Okay. So yeah. I picked, we're really excited about our really good friend, Grady Hendrix. <sighs> We've each done a book by Grady Hendrix that yes. we just adore. Uh, this one's called How to Sell a Haunted House. 
And basically, it's about an estranged brother and sister, and they're returning to their old neighborhood because their parents died, and they want to sell the home. But the scariest thing isn't just the real estate market. It is that the house doesn't want to be sold. (laughs) So I'm excited about this because Grady Hendrix is writing another ghost novel, like Horror Store. He hasn't done a ghost novel in a while. I love Horror Store. It's going to be so good, I think. You know, it'd be really cool if you put like real estate blurbs in the book. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be cool? Like what he did with Horror Store with with the furniture. That's a great idea. You should tell him. <laughs> Grady. Next time we meet him. Grady. This is Brittany speaking. Grades. We call him Grades. Grades. <laughs> I'm putting my face even closer to the mic. Grady. <laughs> you need to put real estate blurbs in your book. Really? Like like in, in Horror Store, they, they sound mundane, but as we go on, they get increasingly worse. Increasing. Sometimes. Horrifying. The walls bleed. You'll never need to repeat again. It's just always red. I hope you like that color. I hope you like red. <laughs> Uh, also, I was excited about this because Brittany, in our very one of our very first episodes, the we were, spooky episode, spooky our first episode, one, yeah, we were talking about how we really want to book a group of millennials who purchase a haunted house. I re-listened to that one just the other day, and I was laughing so hard. It's such a great idea. I we're seeing how skeletons come out of the closet. You're like, I've always wanted a roommate because <laughs> they have to make the best of it. Because yeah. you can't just sell a house. No. And also, also we, we were talking about how it's a bad idea to announce your plans to the house. Because a lot of people are like, oh, get to the door. Right. And I was saying, if you do that, bail out the window. <laughs> Trick the house. Oh, my God. Say you're going to the kitchen, but go out the front door, basically. Yeah. Lie to idea. the house out loud. I think that's good, even it, when you're not in haunted houses. Just, yeah. just, just to keep things interesting. If you think you have a murder in your house, <laughs> announce where you're going and then go a different way. I'm sure it'll work. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what is your honorable mention, Brittany? <laughs> it's another author that we have talked about, TJ Klune. We previously talked about Under the Whispering Door, which mm-hmm. we talked about in season two, Read with Pride 2.0. Yeah, and we also talked about, oh, no, we didn't. Never mind. Never mind. We talked about House in the Cerulean Sea, but that's when we were a video book club yeah. during the Great Panini. On FB. On FB, on, fa- on the Facebooks. On the Facebook. On the Facebooks. <laughs> so he's coming out with a new book this year. It's called In the Lives of Puppets. Ooh. And it's basically a queer retelling of Pinocchio. Interesting. Using robots. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds I'm whimsical. Excited. And all his artwork, um, there's always a house somewhere yeah. in here. And so this one has a little red house in the trees and then more houses up in the trees. Amazing. In the trees. So a quick blurb from TJ Klune himself. A queer retelling of Carlo Collotti's The Adventures of Pinocchio, starring an inventor named Victor, a mysterious android called HAP, which stands for Hysterically Angry Puppet, an anxiety-riddled Roomba vacuum named Rambo, and a sociopathic nursing machine, the registered automaton to care, heal, and educate, and drill. Nurse Ratchet, for short. (laughs) And drill. (laughs) So as per usual, he's obviously going to be using a lot of humor with his characters. We've just had a robots episode. I am so excited this is coming out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of a hallmark of TJ's. Yeah. Is the humor, but also like the uh the warm fuzziness that yeah. comes from his books. I always know so far to expect something that I'm gonna get a good ending. I'm gonna get something that makes me feel good at the end. It's gonna be good. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. <laughs> so that one's gonna come out. It is expected in April 2023. Oh, good job, Brittany. So <laughs> just to close mine, Adventures of Amina by S.A. Chakraborty is going to be uh, released in March. 
And Grady's book, How to Sell a Haunted House, is going to be released in January. Okay, excellent. And then mine, which were The Salt Grows Heavy by Cassandra Kaw. That's going to be May. And again, In the Lives of Puppets by TJ Klune, April. Awesome. Ooh, I love it. And as per usual, um, release dates can change. This is just their expected due date. Yes. And if you guys read any of these books, please let us know. That'd be great. What you think about them. Yeah. It's so much fun. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you. And don't forget to watch what you want. Play what you want. And read, read what, what you, you want. want. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. If you like listening to Swords and Starships, consider subscribing. You could also leave a review or give us a five-star rating, whatever works for you. And listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out on our Instagram at swordsnstarships, or you can email us at starships at coosbaylibrary.org. Thanks. I'm going to turn you down just a Please little. do. <laughs> Everyone's like, Josh is way too loud. Turn no, it's because you're, um, you're sticking your nose on the mic. <laughs> you sound good. Nose kissing. I rubbed my nose on it. <laughs> he was People, just like, mm. don't be like me. Don't be like us, because we're both doing it. <laughs> Stick your nose on the mic. And then rub it around. Yeah. Somebody said, I'm glad nobody else uses those mics. <laughs> it was Gene. He's like, I'm glad nobody else uses those mics. I was like, well, sometimes people use the mics. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me laugh so much. Whoops. Oh, it's great.